So, Rachel. Yeah? Q interrupts an urgent enterprise mission and tempts Riker with extraordinary powers. Mm. What do you think you're going to get? So the mission is Chili's for Jose, but it's urgent because he's having a peace treaty cookout. The powers for Riker are mind reading, but he says no because he's trying to build Troy's confidence. Mm -hmm. Q will keep popping in and out, testing them and doing four costume changes. Let's find out how right you are. Star Trek! Captain's log, Stardate 41590.5. Having dropped off Counselor Troy at Starbase G6 for a shuttle visit home, we were fortunately close to the Sigma 3 solar system when its Federation colony transmitted an urgent call for medical help. An accidental explosion has devastated a mining operation there. Welcome to Rachel Watches Star Trek. I'm Rachel Lackey. And I'm her husband, Chris Lackey. This episode is called Hide and Q. It's not a great name, is it? It's not a great name. I don't understand why. It's not like a play on words. Seek and Q? I don't get it. Am I missing a joke? More like Q and A. Hole. (laughs) (laughs) Should have been called. (laughs) I like your title a lot better. This episode was written by C.J. Holland. And Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> Sounds like another pseudonym to me. It is indeed. Uh, but let's get into the episode and talk about the writing of it at the end. Hmm. We begin with Deanna having been dropped off? <laughs> what? What? No. They've just written Troy out of it. Yeah. Let's look into this bold decision in concept okay. later. Okay. Now they're in a hurry to a Federation colony to respond to a medical emergency. It seems that a mining operation had some kind of explosion. Oh, dear. There are 504 colonists that live there. They sure do have a lot of miners in in this utopian future. They sure do. (laughs) Can't a machine do it? I would think, yeah. Or transporters. Can't they transport those materials that they're... Can't you replicate everything except dilithium crystals? I thought so. Mm. I don't really understand what's going on here, but let's not question things too much. Well, let's have another question. Why do they have so many people on the ship all going to the same place for a day or two, and most of them presumably doing nothing? Why not have a few smaller ships? That is a really good point. (laughs) So the... Moving on? (laughs) Well, you're right, but I like to think of the Enterprise not just as a ship, but also as a small city. Yeah. I'm sure there are people doing research, doing experiments. Yeah, but why in space? There's certain experiments that you can only do in space, but maybe they're going to have them all ready to, uh, you know, it's a really good point. (laughs) I I, I don't really have much here, but. uh, It just ups the stakes, I suppose, that there's that many people's lives at risk. But also that means it's a really stupid idea. Yeah. I mean, remember on the old Enterprise, we had the historian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, how often did that come into play when they're once. doing... Yeah, once. And Spock could have done it all as well. <laughs> Every expert. <laughs> or, you know, Data could have probably do everything on the next gen. So, yeah. fair points you're making here. Oh, okay. I don't want to dismiss those because they are pretty on the money. Well, they're cruising <laughs> at warp 9.1. They go really fast all the time in the next generation, don't they? Yeah. If you got it, flaunt it, I suppose. I guess these newer starships are able to go faster, much longer. Mm -hmm. Side note, this is something that I got hung up upon. You know, time dilation. 
what that is. When things go fast, they slow down. Uh, how you age differently if you're going fast right. in space or something? Yes, yeah. The faster you go, the more your basically your molecules slow down, and so you actually what? age slower. Ugh. Now, I thought like the closer you get to light speed, the more things slow down. Mm-hmm. And actually, you can't go to light speed. If you go to light speed, then you, you just stop. Like you freeze. What do you mean around. you freeze? You stop moving. You would still be in the ship going the speed of light, but you yourself wouldn't be able to move. You can't go the speed of light because you would gain infinite mass, supposedly. Uh, it's all complicated stuff. Anyway, get me out. So there's a thing about time dilation. I thought like maybe if you go like half the speed of light, you would go maybe half speed. <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought that's how it worked out, but it doesn't work out like that at all. I found out that it's exponential and you don't really get cool time dilations until you're going like 90% the speed of light. So it's like, for example, if you're going to Alpha Centauri, which is our nearest solar system, it's 4.7 light years away. And if you were going at 0.9, the speed of light, it would look like to the people of Earth, it would take you 4.85 years to get there. Mm. But to you, it would take 2.1 years. What? That's it? A little more than half. And you're going 90%? That's all the time dilation one gets. I'm disappointed in physics. Oh, oh. <laughs> what were you hoping it would be at the click of a fingers? Well, you, you know, that would make sense in, to my brain that it would be like you go half the speed of light, your time slows down by half. Right. 90%. Yeah. 90%. 10% of yeah, the time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'm glad you've thought this through for us. Uh, anyway, that has nothing to do with Star Trek because they <laughs> use warp technology, which totally cuts around all the time dilation stuff somehow. Yeah. As they're cruising along, a Q force field grid pops up. Not now, Q. (laughs) Of course now. (laughs) Q appears on the bridge as an Aldebaran. Eldebarge? An Eldebaran serpent. (laughs) Three eyeless snakes on an orb. I thought at first that was the true form of Q. Oh, I thought so too. (laughs) No. The orb informs them that the Q continuum is impressed with humanity and they want to have a talk. So the Q are they? Yeah. Yeah, it's great you like us now, but who asked? And tell us later. Yeah. Picard tells him to uh, suck it. So Q (laughs) turns into John Delancey, dressed as a Starfleet admiral. An admiral is such an egomaniac. (laughs) That is some bejazzling on his outfit there. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Does this count as costume two, with the serpents being number one? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I say so. Okay, sure. About John Delancey, he was diagnosed with dyslexia as a child and as such did not learn to read until he was 12. Oh, wow. Didn't stop him doing loads of theatre, TV, some film. He's had a pretty prolific career. Mm -hmm. Four years on Days of Our Lives. Also, most importantly, he's on My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Yes. He performed the voice of Discord. I don't know. Anything about Discord. You do. No, I don't know what you're you're looking shifty now. No, what are you talking Uh, about? Uh, (laughs) He also played Odin in Charmed. You said he's quite Loki-ish. Oh, yeah. He's total Loki trickster archetype. Trickster god archetype. That is Q. Totally. Well, My Little Pony obviously love him so much that there are several animated songs about John Delancey. Here's just a clip from one of them. (laughs) So listen very carefully, everypony. And let me tell you why. And Mr. John Delancey is a really awesome guy. 
Well, first he's been on TV and a lot of super shows. In Star Trek, he was Q, in case you didn't know. His naughty sci-fi antics made us laugh until we'd bust. Especially in the time someone kicked him in the... Dude, shut up! Yeah, oh, this is nuts. Well, um, how about his work from Alien Voices? I mean, wow, that's a lot of work that people put into yes. this. And not just writing the songs, but all the animation that went with it, because yes. this is obviously fan-made animation. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Woo. So now Q is going on about helping them realize their impossible dreams. But Picard says, uh, when we're done, we'll deal with this stuff. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to hear about your dreams. We've got miners to save. It's unlikely his gift will be any better than the Ferengi's. <laughs> I did think watching it that Q has got an annoying face, but he really quickly grew on me. And he's a lot of fun, isn't he? Oh, that actor? yeah. He's great. I can understand why they brought him back a few times. Oh, yeah. Q episodes are my favorite episodes, oh. generally. And he's on all of them. He's on Deep Space Nine. He's on Voyager. He's, yeah. Keeps popping back in, you even though does. they agree at the end of this. Spoiler alert, that he won't. <laughs> <laughs> he is not going to stay away. <laughs> Q tells Picard, but he, he's not there for Picard. He's there for Riker. Oh. Riker says that they have no time for Q's... Don't say it! ...games. No! <laughs> and then Q gets so delighted... Games, you say? That they mention games. So Riker, Data, LaForge, Yar, and Worf are all teleported to some Class M planet. Q song. Oh, I'm getting lots of chance for this song. Ooh, I can't believe it. We've found an Earth-like planet. I'm aching for answers. I'm peeing my pants. Let's go and learn everything about it. Oh, I'm getting lots of chance for this song in this series. <laughs> you sure are. We've got a green sky, double moon. It's a soundstage, very TOS. Yeah. Q is there wearing a Napoleonic Marshall's outfit. Very nice. This costume change, three. Picard is just left alone on the bridge, unable to contact anyone or leave. Yeah, it's quite powerful, that moment, actually. Him yeah. wandering to the lifts. They won't open. Uh -huh. He tries to hail, um, hail engineering, yeah. is that what you call it? Sure. Nobody answers. His voice just feeds back. Where is everyone? I was wondering. Mm -hmm. He's trapped and powerless. Q gives Riker some gorgeous looking lemonade. Man, did that look refreshing. It sure did. In a fancy glass, everyone else gets their favorite drink materialized into their hand. Worf chucks his away. Yeah, he ain't taking none of that. No, he didn't like this at all. Q explains the game is for them to stay alive. If they win, they get the big prize. If not, they die, I guess. <laughs> Have you ever seen a game show where the contestants didn't ask to be there? What do you mean? Non-consensual game show. Does that happen? <laughs> well, there's that taxi one, isn't there? Oh, right. And then you've got Billy on the street. Oh, right, yeah. Love him. <laughs> but I guess you could say no, although he would chase you. Oh, people say no all the time to him. Yeah, true, yeah. yeah. And he gets real mad about it. There's still an element of consent in those. Yeah, it's true. Q also says that there is no fair in this game. He can, <sighs> do, he can do whatever he wants to do, and Yar gets really mad about this, and then she is ported out to the penalty box. <sighs> Which is actually just the bridge of the Enterprise. So Yar expresses anger, Yar gets punished. I guess this is a trope now. <laughs> he froze her last time. So I've got a theory. It's fight, flight or freeze. First time she was frozen. Then in that other episode he had to fight. And now she's fleed away <laughs> to the penalty box. Work on it a bit. Yeah. Picard just bums around on the bridge. Nothing works. And he can't even do his logs. Oh, that's the loneliest of lonelies. He should try looking in a mirror. Maybe cry at his reflection. <laughs> Have the company of that, you know. <laughs> Yar pops in and explains the situation to Picard. 
she's so furious about her inability to do anything that she almost cries. And Picard mm-hmm. tries to comfort her, but seems uncomfortable with emotions. Oh, he gives it a go, though, doesn't he? He does. She's embarrassed to be this way in front of him. Is that why she said, if you weren't my captain? Yeah. I don't... It seemed more sexual, It didn't did, it? kind of. It did, yeah. <laughs> really nice performance from Denise Crosby. Will Wheaton said in Memories of the Future, the scene tries very hard to humanise both characters by having them play against type and it almost succeeds, but it's overwhelmed by saccharine strings on the soundtrack mm-hmm. and a bit of dialogue from Tasha at the end where she implies that she wants to know if Picard is as fully functional as Data. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, it does come across like it's that. It's weird, yeah. Kind of sad, I guess, that a man is saying you can share your feelings and I'm here to comfort you and that makes her want to just <laughs> love him and <laughs> <laughs> yeah true yeah so Q pops in and takes Yar back. Penalty's over. Q sits in the captain's chair and he makes a log entry about testing Riker to see if he's worthy of joining the Q continuum. Oh, God, then, how dare he sit in his chair and make a log oh, entry? He's a j- jerk. Then Picard makes Q a bet. Picard's command against Q's keeping out of humanity's path forever if he is right about Riker. Doesn't Picard want this job? <laughs> he's constantly trying to give the ship away or lose it on a bet. <laughs> As much as he trusts Riker, the rules are unfair, so how can he be so sure as to bet his ship again? Yeah, I don't know why he to it, but... Well, yeah. I guess games aren't fun unless you play by some kind of rules, so... Yeah, big stakes. Maybe he thinks that Q will play by those rules because it's more fun to than not to. Hmm, and he just really wants rid of Q. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Picard then goes into his ready room and we have a Shakespeare off with Q. And Q throws his complete works of Shakespeare around. First my crew, then my complete works. <laughs> it's time for some Picard foo. Jean foo. Ooh, Jean foo. I like that. Yeah, yeah. we're never going to get any, are we? We get some Jean foo later on. Yeah, okay. but not anytime soon. No. Yeah. So Picard wants to know why Q is messing about and not just making a direct request. Why mm. the games? Why not just explain yourself? Why these games? Well, the play's the thing. And I'm surprised you have to ask when your human Shakespeare explained it all so well. So he did, but don't depend too much on any one single It's a pity you don't know the content of your own library. Hear this, Picard, and reflect. All the galaxy is a stage. World, not galaxy. All the world's a stage. Oh, you know that one. Well, if he were living now, he would have said galaxy. How about this? Uh, Life is but a walking shadow. A poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. I see. So how we respond to a game tells you more about us than our real life, this tale told by an idiot. Interesting cue. Oh, thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Perhaps maybe a little uh, ham? Oh, no, I know Hamlet. And what he might say with irony, I say with conviction. What a piece of work is man. How noble in reason, how infinite in faculty, in form, in moving, how express and admirable, in action, how like an angel, in apprehension, how like a god. Surely you don't see your species like that, do you? I see us one day becoming that, Q. Is it that which concerns you? So Picard knows Shakespeare. <laughs> Who doesn't in Star Trek? When it's all being written by the same guy. <laughs> I'm equal parts irritated and comforted by a return of a Shakespeare off. I could see that. 
So the play is the thing wherein I'll catch the conscience of the king is the completion of that line. Mm -hmm. So is Q saying that by playing, he'll be able to determine the morals, the conscience of Picard, Riker. 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 Yeah, so that yeah. actually makes sense. That it does. Quote. Change. So this from Macbeth. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time. And all our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle. Life's but a walking shadow. A poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Ooh, man, what an amazing but incredibly bleak speech that is sure about is. humanity, about life and the mm. pointlessness of it. In Macbeth at this point, he's so numb that he's no longer startled by horror. He hears a scream and then he's told that Lady Macbeth has died. Mm. Uh. So Q's the one who quoted that and what is he saying is he just smack talking humanity i think so oh. yeah i think he's just saying you guys your lives are pointless and doesn't really matter to me and therefore what i can play around with you i guess so it's a bit hard to know what his motivation actually is it is mm -hmm. yeah so back on the planet riker laforge and data discuss strategies while Worf scouts ahead off on his own Worf finds the enemy they are these beast creatures in 18th century french soldier outfits and they seem to be armed with musket rifles. Yeah, they're pig-nosed guys. Can I tell a righty? They do look like tellerites, but they're not no. officially tellerites, yeah. Riker checks his phaser is working by blasting a rock, which sends Worf running up to retaliate. A warrior's response, he says. That was really funny. It is comical, but... We laughed out loud. Are we casting him to this kind of dumb savage kind of or something he's i know he's not savage i think he's very well disciplined he's just really he's got a hair trigger and he's wound really tight yeah this is what he wants to do all the time he's actually doing his job this is the first episode we actually see wharf being like awesome Mm -hmm. Like, uh, Jordy says, man, look how fast Worf's going. He's covering that distance. Like, like, cause he scouts ahead and Jordy can see him with his visor really far away. Oh, right, yeah. And he makes a comment about like how fast he is and how physically agile and strong and yeah. quick. And he's obviously incredibly courageous and determined. Yeah. Later on when he has to fight some of these guys, he takes mm -hmm. on quite a few of them. Yeah. He still loses. But well, the cards are stacked against him. They are. Yeah. Turns out those muskets are actually phasers. So no advantage for the gang, really. So Worf, who would be useless now. They are maybe only outnumbered by two, but <laughs> Will Wheaton asks that we imagine it's Helm's Deep. It was a budget thing. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Q appears, but as Data. Ooh. So he's all pale and he's got the contact lenses mm. in the, the eyes, so he looks just like Data. It's pretty cool. And says that Riker now has the power of Q and can transport them all to safety. What has he done with poor little Data? Just put him somewhere else. Oh. On pause, I guess. Oh. So Riker does, and they're all back on the Enterprise. Everything is working again, and there is no indication that they have stopped at all. Mm. Like, time stopped when all of these shenanigans happened. Maybe that explains why no one responded to Picard's calls yeah. earlier and the doors wouldn't open because time was frozen. Yeah. Picard tells everyone that Q is interested in Riker. And we cut to Riker just hanging out on the planet. His laughing made me feel awkward. Here's a clip. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow, it's so creepy, like a bully's laugh, but nervous as well. Yeah, it seems just off. It's mm. weird. Riker and Q talk about Riker's new powers. And I didn't notice this, but Q is now in a commander's uniform. 
Mm-hmm. Just like Riker. Riker's a commander. Instead of being in the Admiral uniform, he's in a commander. So right. now are they equals? Is he dressed as Riker, maybe? Yeah. Riker wants to know what Q wants. And Q explains that at Farpoint, he thought humans were savages. The hubris of Gene thinking that humans would be that interesting to I the know. Q with a whole universe to learn about. I know. it's. In- uh, <laughs> but then again, you won't be able to see any of these stories otherwise. Yeah, it would be really boring if humans weren't the center of the whole yeah. thing. Because we're humans and we like watching human stuff. Of course. Q is interested in the fact that humans evolve quickly. And that maybe one day they will be stronger than the Q. Stronger in what way, do you think? Like maybe more intelligent or more mm. powerful. Morally stronger. Could be. Technology. Arthur C. Clarke, uh, advanced technology looks like magic. Mm-hmm. So Q is just using some form of technology mm. that is beyond our understanding. Right. It might even be biological technology. It might actually be his physical being or some other kind of, he's an energy being. We don't know. He's beyond oh. our understanding. So you don't think he has powers as much as he's using a tech we don't understand. But that tech could be powers. Riker's hypothesizing that Q might see them evolving so quickly, especially since he's practically immortal, mm-hmm. that look how quickly humanity has changed in a couple hundred years, yeah. in a couple thousand years, a couple million years. To Q, that's nothing. He yeah. deals in billions and billions of years. Mm. The threat to the Q continuum. Right. Yeah. So as he's saying, let's pal up. Or maybe we can learn how humans evolve so quickly and incorporate that into our Q continuum. And that's mm. why you want Riker. So they're getting something out of it. Right. Okay. Maybe. Why Riker? Well, because Riker's a little bit more, you know, loosey-goosey with the rules, you know, <laughs> I guess. Know? Is he? I don't know. It's classic Star Trek that a species will test a couple of members of a race rather than just learn about them or do a proper scientific experiment. <laughs> the empath, arena, loads of others. True. It's true. Riker's like, I don't want this, and then Q disappears, and the bridge crew, including Picard and Wesley, appear back on the planet. The monster soldiers approach. Mm, It's getting a bit tiresome now. Slowly moving, one at a time, no threat. All the crew's weapons have been taken away. Worf gets busy. Yes, he kicks a bit of ass before he gets the beat down, but then poor Wesley gets freaking stabbed in the back. Oh. (laughs) No! A photo of this scene was presented to Will several times at signings people thinking that the joke was on him but they probably paid 65 dollars for the privilege so (laughs) (laughs) so at that point Riker can't deal with it anymore and he uses his Q power to get them all back to the enterprise and everyone is healed and fine so do you think Wesley was there purely as a child to tempt Riker to use his powers probably yeah the enterprise then arrives at the mining colony Will says they must be digging for MacGuffins, and it does all seem an afterthought. I oh, agree. yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about these people. Yeah. Well, it plays into the plot here because before going down, Riker promises Picard that he won't use his Q powers. Yeah. They only find a small group of survivors. Again. Yeah. But they find one dead kid as well. It's very touching, actually, the way that Crusher holds the child yeah. in her arms. Riker is like, do I use my powers or not? Should I bring this kid back to life? The answer is. Hell yes. But no, he doesn't because he made a promise. Uh, And it's an order. Oh, God. Oh, no. (laughs) We'll talk about this in concepts. Okay. So back on the ship, he gets pissy with Picard for not letting him out of his promise. Yeah. And he starts calling him Jean-Luc. I bet this is like having a kid who makes more money than you. (laughs) You know, like having an actor kid or something. And you're telling them to load the dishwasher and they can buy and sell you. (laughs) They're like, yeah, I'll have my maid do that. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So what is Riker being offered here? 
immortality Picard thinks, plus power over time and matter, is Yeah, it? He, he seems omnipotent. Q, mm. it doesn't seem like there's anything beyond his abilities. Is that what he's offering Riker then? Yeah. The powers of the Q. Yeah. Right, goodness yeah. me. So Riker calls everyone onto the bridge and says, hey, everybody, why are you being weird? It's just me. I'm your lovable old crazy Riker. And Picard says, well, no, you've already changed. I mean, you just started using my first name and you never did that before. Power corrupts, dude. Mm -hmm. And Riker thinks, I should have saved that kid. Like I saved everybody on the bridge. And Picard points out, he goes, well, that situation that you use the Q power was created by the Q. So for it to be undone isn't cheating or Or something something. (laughs) like that. Uh, Which, of course, we'll talk about again at the end of this. Uh, Riker is all Team Q now. And he's like, you don't understand. Q's cool, man. Picard like, no, dude, he is in your head. (laughs) Then Q pops in as a monk. Let us pray for understanding and for compassion. Let us do no such damn thing. What is this need of yours for costumes, Q? Have you no identity of your own? I come in search of the truth. You come in search of what humanity is. I forgive your blasphemy. What'd you see, Riker? He's nothing but a flim-flam man. He's been that ever since we met him at Farpoint. Flim-flam. You offer Riker jealousy. What I offer him is clearly beyond your comprehension. How can you claim friendship for Riker while obstructing his way to the greatest adventure ever offered a human? I love how Picard calls him on his costumes and calls (laughs) him a flim-flam man. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Riker proposes giving the senior staff member some gifts. And Picard says, you know what? Actually, okay, let's play this out. I give you permission. Go ahead and do it. Crusher asks Wesley, time for us to go, kid. Let's let's get out of here. Mom knows things are going south. Yeah, Riker says, hey, wait, wait, wait. Wesley, I know you can't wait to be a grown-up. So, bam, he's 10 years older. Uh, What? 10 years older, but still an acting ensign? (laughs) (laughs) Just in a bigger version of his uniform. He's a hunky blonde guy. Yeah. Apparently, the costume designer enjoyed fitting the costume to him. (laughs) But why would he want to be older if he's not going to have advanced any in those 10 years? Because people don't take him seriously as a kid. Right. And if he's an adult, then hopefully they'll listen to him when he tells them, you know, there's an alien phasing out out of reality that yeah. shouldn't be and you know all the times that they ignore him or make fun of him yeah they don't ignore him that much well, they did in the traveler one but and i think that he just feels like he's not respected yeah okay yeah kid. good point so riker goes to data and says you want to be human and data says it wouldn't feel real to him hmm. what the hell does that mean <laughs> why does he care about that what does that matter he's and an android yeah it's all preposterous <laughs> Anyway, Data has to throw down some Shakespeare as well. Oh, they're all at it now. To thine own self be true. Yeah. So Riker gives LaForge real human eyes. Yeah, his eyes are all clear. Nice to see LaVar's eyes, but I feel quite cheated out of what should have been a full episode, surely, about him seeing again and then choosing not to have human sight. Instead, we're given 20 seconds to... (laughs) And then he decides not to bother. Well, I don't know if you could turn that into a whole episode, but... At least a subplot. Yeah, Jordy is impressed with normal human vision. Again, this is preposterous to me. <laughs> he looks at Yar, and then he gets a bit creepy with her, like, you're more beautiful than I thought. Uh-huh. You know, like... How does he see them all, then? Is yeah. it a colorless grid or something? It's, you know, that's a good question, because I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> We've got cameras in our phones that pretty much replicate what 
we see. So couldn't he see what a human sees and mm. then a bunch of extra stuff on top of it? Mm, what can he see now that makes her beautiful that he couldn't see before? Yeah, it's kind of silly. <laughs> but of course, he declines the offer because he doesn't like who he would have to thank for it. Mm. Meaning Q. Yeah. This is the most awkward Christmas ever over at the cheating dad's house. <laughs> He's trying to buy all the kids' favor back. <laughs> oh, golly. And then he creates a Klingon woman. Cle- creates a person. A person for Worf to get it on with? <laughs> Snarling seduction scene. And he slaps her down to her knees, doesn't he? Yeah, Klingons like it rough. Oh, They're that's part the, of the that's their thing. sexy time. Worf says that he's got no place in his life for this. And I'm thinking, why aren't you freaked out by the fact that he just created a woman? <laughs> yeah. But then he's like dismisses her just as she's created. Oh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I assume she's an illusion. Does she have feelings? Do you think? I think she was real. Oh goodness, that's so. Scary. Why? I mean, that's dark if you really think about it. Oh I don't... wow, where's she gone now? To non-existence, I'm guessing. Oh. Give her a spin-off. Wesley also decides he wants to be his actual age. He says he wants to get the bone. Q says, but this way is easier. And then Riker realizes that he's made a mistake. And he apologizes to Picard. And he says, I've been a fool. And Picard says, yes, you have. <laughs> and Riker says, no to Q. I don't want your powers. Beat it. And Picard goes, hey, I win the bet, Q. So you've got to head back to the Q-Q-um. And he seemingly goes back, but against his will. Well, yeah, he disagrees to begin with. And they say the Q continue will tell you off for being dishonest. Apparently that's important to them. Yeah. We end with this. Extraordinary. Captain, we are showing that same hole in time again. Our instruments say we've just now been back from our rescue mission. Sir, how is it that the Q can handle time and space so well and us so badly? Perhaps someday we will discover that space and time are simpler than the human equation. No coordinates laid in, number one. Yes, sir. You have my coordinates, LaForge. Aye, sir. On the board. Engage. So, concepts. I just want to get into this right away. Oh. Okay. I think this is lame. Oh. <laughs> I think that the examples that they give were BS examples. I can make Data human. I could give Worf mm. a pretend girl. I can give Jordy his eyesight back. I could make him 10 years younger. Yeah. Things people could easily do without. Now, right. that little girl that died, if that was my kid, yeah. I'm not going to, yeah, no, I'm gonna not going to go, say. I'm I don't not, like where it came from. I don't like where it came from. I'm yeah. going to leave it because it's not right. It's like, no, it's my kid's back alive. Yeah. There's no gut-wrenching decision here, is no, there? No, there isn't. There's no gut-wrenching decision. The teeth are totally cut out of this. Yeah. It's this weird moralistic line that's drawn, I feel, arbitrarily because they use their technology all the time. Starfleet powers are their technology that they can do things that we can't do as normal humans they can yeah. teleport they can heal sick people they can do well, all types not of really well yeah <laughs> they do things that are miraculous all the time q can do something slightly more mir- miraculous than they can this line is arbitrarily drawn that q's abilities that Riker has control of is wrong to use to use an, an example if primitive me chris lackey from 21st century earth gets the medical healing device from star trek and i use that to save life 
am I breaking the rules? Am I not doing, am I doing something I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be doing? Like it all just seems arbitrary. I imagine it to be more like trying heroin and then not being able to stop because it's so amazing. I've heard. Sure. (laughs) And that power corrupting. But, is the risk, the addiction of it. But, but the risk, heroin has the bonus of making you feel good and the mm-hmm. drawback of destroying your life. Yeah. Whereas like the power of Q can save human beings from dying. Yeah. And there's a risk that you might get corrupted. I say maybe just be judicious with your power. <laughs> I hear what you're saying there. You know, like I've got a Starship Enterprise. I could take that and go blow up a planet of people that disagree with me. Yeah, but I they don't. Have rules around it. Yeah, because I've got rules and I have morals, and Riker has morals, and yeah. so I, again, I feel like that this whole thing is this binary thing, and it's not. Mm. And yeah. I, and it's it really bugs me. The difference, I suppose, would be that only one person, Riker, would have the ability to wield this power, whereas with technology, it's open to That's true. everyone who's trained yeah. or assigned to use it. Yeah. And I suppose they would fear losing their humanity, that he would lose his humanity, which is the thing that they bang on about all the time. Yeah, but think of the amazing good things that he could do. And I guess potentially he could go nuts and go mad with power. Mm-hmm. But there's, you couldn't uh, stop him then, could you? Well, I mean, you can't really stop him now. Yeah. He's drawing a line where... You know, he doesn't necessarily need to draw the line there. Or maybe he doesn't feel like he can trust himself. Maybe I can see that. Like going, well, I shouldn't do that. But guess what? I'm going to bring that kid back to life. But what would have happened if he'd taken the powers? Would he have failed their test? And then then what? what no, I think he would have just become part of the Q continuum. And he probably would have left the Enterprise, I'm guessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Even if this point is worth proving that power corrupts and that he's going to turn down that power, I feel like they did it in a real crappy way. Mm. And I think something like that kid dying and him going, I want to bring that kid back. And they're like, you can't. And it's like, well, why not? Yeah. Unconvincing use of the yeah. heady concept. Yeah, there. exactly. So we've got another game for a powerful being to observe. Yeah. Were these their greatest wishes that he tried to give them? Was it just not at that price or did he get them wrong? Where was Yaz? Oh, yeah. She would like a storyline, please. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, there's something around having power but being ordered not to use it by someone who is your superior, although you could completely overwhelm them with your power if you did. Yeah. And on on the flip side, being in charge of someone with enormous power and the trickiness. Of that yeah. imbalance. But it seems to work with Data. Yeah. Data's smarter and stronger and than everybody, and he still follows orders. He still is able to keep it in check. Yes, he's created too, though, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Why did they need to write Troy out of it? Why did they? <laughs> it says that she was in the script submitted three days before they shot it. Oh. And then they wrote her out for some reason. I oh. guess maybe... Maybe she wasn't available anymore, the actress. I'm guessing, this is just a guess now I'm thinking about it, maybe because she is so close to Riker, mm-hmm. the character, she would become the focus of it. Like right. she would be the one pulling Riker back from the mm-hmm. cue edge and it would be a her and Riker episode and they didn't want a her and Riker episode. They wanted a, a Captain and Riker episode. Right. So to have her like stand on the sidelines of this episode wouldn't make any sense. So they just wrote her out of it. Because she would try and be his conscience. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, she would just be involved because she knows him better than anybody else on that crew. Mm. So having her there, she would dominate the story, which might have been a better script, yeah, honestly. Yeah. I wonder what her greatest wish would have been. 
to actually really be an empath instead of just <laughs> saying stuff and people uh, being nice. It's the only Star Trek episode I know of where they refer to a previous episode. They kept talking about Farpoint Station. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And did they learn from it, having hmm. met Q before? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it six out of ten. Yeah, I, there's some interesting concepts in here, but I think it was executed poorly. So I'll give it, well, that sounds about right, six out of ten. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Entertainment. This was Morris Hurley's first writing for TNG. And he's, of course, the one going under the pseudonym of C.J. Holland. Mm -hmm. Roddenberry was so disappointed with his work on the episode that he ignored Hurley whenever they passed each other in the hallway at Paramount, which was about four or five times a day. Wow. Oh, that's from William Shatner Presents Chaos on the Bridge. Oh, yeah. Is that what we're going to yeah. watch mm -hmm. eventually? Ultimately, the script was rewritten by Roddenberry to such an extent that Hurley requested the pseudonym. Well, Shakespeare was back in a big way, mm -hmm. and they gave us some quotes that were actually relevant this time as yeah. well. There was some action to break up the dialogue, nice acting to carry the speeches, which there were a lot of. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed Q, but I didn't believe there was any danger. Although, now I know Yah dies, there is actually danger. There is actually danger, yeah. yeah. Lots of costumes. Wasn't really bothered by the animal soldiers bit. Nah. Felt ripped off by Geordie's eyesight. Yeah. Bit being wrapped up so quickly. Yeah. The presents were quite lame. Will Wheaton gave it a B minus in his book. I'll say, let's say seven out of ten. That sounds a bit high. Hmm. What are you going to give it? I think six out of ten. Yeah, six out of ten. Yeah. I'll go six point five. Oh boy. <laughs> Sexiness. Worf and the woman was kind of S and M, but not because you have consent in S and M, and she was imposed on it, wasn't she? Why is Worf always holding himself back? He's like Pike. He doesn't want to get, get at somebody who's right in front of him. They were on the bridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she was an illusion. And his boss was watching. Yeah. And it seems kind of weird because they that doesn't like Riker say, is that sex? Are you having Klingon sex? Or, yeah. And like, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, wait, why are you what? doing that on the bridge? What's going on? That Did is not appropriate. Did he and was flirting with her? Was yeah, it, they were like snarling at each other yeah. and then she like came at him and I think the consent aspect of it, I think there was an implied consent with it being a very ritualistic way of their mating procedures, mm -hmm. like the way they do it. Like she did a thing and then he did it. And, and I'd like to think that Worf was not actually assaulting a woman, but they were engaged in mutually arousing activity. Yeah. Or maybe it's just a prelude where you're horrible to each other and then later you start the foreplay aspect. Because he snarls at people he doesn't like, doesn't he? Like the Ferengi. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't but, know. But supposedly Klingons do like it rough. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'll give it a 2.5. Eh, 2.5. So my guess is, well, it wasn't taking chilies to, to Jose. No, wait, Jose, yeah? was a, that was 75 years ago. Oh. Jose wouldn't be around anymore. Right. That was a bad prediction on your part. Maybe oh, Jose's no, right. grandchild, perhaps. Yes. The restaurant might still be open under the name Jose. but Could be, yes. Yeah, Grandpa Jose's or something. It was nothing to do with a peace treaty cookout. No. The Riker powers were not mind reading, and he didn't say no because he was trying to build up Troy. Q did keep popping in and out, of course, testing them, and he did a lot of costume changes, but it was more than four. Yeah. So pretty bad guesses. Well, pretty good. Really? Yeah, I think you got a couple in there. I don't think so. Give yourself some points for I that. I tried. I just want to thank our subscribers and our patrons for supporting the show. Without you, we wouldn't be doing it. Yes, thank you so much for listening, for subscribing to the show, and for supporting us there. And with that, I'm Chris Lack. And I'm Rachel Lackett. And you've been listening to Rachel Watch Star Trek.
watches Star Trek. <laughs>